Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to podcastjuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and we are here today on the Michael Dean Show. Joining me today, Mr. Ant Pusa, how are you? Man, uh, when you try to play the stock market, you can lose. Mm. Bruh's down 1500 after being up five. Damn. Okay, Duke. Yes, Duke, Duke. F and Tesla. Man, Big Willie talk. I love it. I love it. Duke and Duke commodities. <laughs> Duke and Duke. Um, also joining us, the man with the voice. The man who said if he was drop kicked by Prince, he would have to handle that situation. Oh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer, how are you? I'm doing all right. Get hunkered down for the for the heat wave this weekend. Oh, okay. Really? Really? All right. All right. Yeah, it's uh, well, this is a three day weekend here in the States it was Memorial Day. Where we uh, I believe we salute and celebrate all of the veterans. Uh, and armed, armed forces. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm getting that right. <laughs> Shout them out. Um, but I would say uh, be, Mike, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Labor Day. Oh, this is Labor Day. Well, I just like to salute my my, my peoples anyway. How about that? But it's Labor Day. So Labor Day means the turn up in America will be quite real. Uh, at least I know here in Seattle, usually every Labor Day, they tear this up. And uh, being that they've already been tearing it up for, you know, all the, the Black Lives Matter and all the other stuff going on, it's, it's about to get hectic out here. Woo. So that's why my black ass will be at home. I'm not trying to get caught up in that, but be safe. It's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on in America, man. It's like, man, be safe out here. Uh, if you want to go out there and protest in March, uh, a little common sense, do it in the daytime. Nighttime, uh, I'm going to go back, to, I'm going to refer back to Houdini. The freaks come out. The, the, the foolishness is going to start. That's when the, it gets violent and the, the guns busting. Stay at home. Because, hey, man, you got to live. You got to live. Anyway, let's get, let's get this thing started. I feel like it's been a little minute since we've been on the mic. It's been a hectic week. Um, where do we want to start? Um, shit. Oh, let's start with Dr. Dre. Let's, 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 let's go to Dre. And uh, yeah, I think we mentioned a few shows ago, and I'm sure everyone knows Dr. Dre and his wife, unfortunately, are getting a divorce, kind of going down that road. And uh, there was some talk about a prenup. There wasn't a prenup. There is a prenup. You know, so you had that going on. But now, uh, Dr. Dre's wife, I was wondering, like, what was going to be the next play? Because they're playing this out in the media. Uh, I'm looking at a headline here. It says, Dr. Dre's estranged wife breaks down $2 million. Or is it breaks down $2 million? Yeah, she's asking for $2 million per month. So she breaks down that figure. But I was waiting for this one. Claims domestic abuse. Ah, oh, there it is. See? It? There it <laughs> so is. So let me, let me go ahead and give uh, Vlad some shine here. I'm, I'm looking at Vlad. So the legal issues between Dr. Dre and his estranged wife, Nicole Young, are heating up. Uh, and here's the breakdown of the two million per month spousal support expenses. So she's saying uh, this. I, I must be in the. I'm in the wrong game. Apparently, I should have got more into gangster rap back then. But her laundry and cleaning. Guess how much she needs for laundry and cleaning per month? Thirty dollars. Ten thousand dollars, nigga. 
goddamn, how many clothes you clean? $10,000, that's like the, uh, what do you have, like, you cleaning for the for the uh, football team or something? Like, how the hell? $10,000. <laughs> Damn. <sighs> anyway, $10,000. Maybe, maybe it's Egyptian silk. Uh, it may be. Uh, that's a hell of a bill. Uh, clothes. How much you think she needs for clothes a month? See, she should already have clothes. Well, she's in quarantine, so she shouldn't need new clothes. Well, hey, right? man. Uh, was she, was she getting dressed up to look good on Zoom? Uh, hey. <laughs> well, apparently she needs $135,000 a month for clothes. <laughs> this shit is funny just saying it. God damn. Uh, okay. This just in. Oh, would you like to hear the quote from 50 Cent? Uh, sure, go ahead. And I quote about the two million a month request. These bitches be crazy. How do you even ask for two million a month? <laughs> right, right. Be careful, 50. Be careful. Tread lightly now. Tread lightly. I don't know. I mean, I, I know Dre is definitely going through it, but I don't know if you want, he wants you calling his the, the, the mother, his kid is a bitch out here in public, but that's Big Willie talk, huh? Be careful. Um, telephone, cell phone, and email. I didn't know there was extra charges for email. I mean, that, okay, that's at best $500. Uh, 500 100 I need you to step your game up, man. Step your game up. It's, no, I'm just saying, no, ain't no way to word. It should be a thousand, let alone tens of thousands. 20,000, nigga. Oh, hell. <laughs> She better have that one. I mean, it's better be one terabyte per second speed. Well, I, mean, I guess, you know, it's like 6G. She on 6G with her stuff. So that's the next level. Like maybe the email is overly secure, you know, encrypted uh, Pentagon level. In, you know, I don't know. $20,000. emailing? Uh, what, the ghost of, <laughs> of Ben Laden? Easy E or something. Oh, whoa. Bad joke. Okay. Now, this is an interesting one. Education, tuition, and living expenses. Now, the kids are grown, right? Uh, and maybe they're further in their education, right? Well, and, he, and, and he living should be taking care of that. Well, apparently, so uh, let's put this in the context. Her clothing per month is $135,000. How much you think education would be? Yeah, the, way, the way you set this up, you seem like a clown. <laughs> So I'm going to say 15000 Not bad, but she's going to need about sixty grand a month for education. A I month? Been, I, I would have thought that would have been more than the clothes, but I guess, you know, <laughs> clothes is more important. <laughs> well, I mean, she got to look good in school so she can make those great network connections for right. her post So she can get a good job, right? <laughs> All I got Oh, okay, we're not wait, done. Wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm just trying to understand. And Mark, help me out. What education is she getting that's going to cost sixty grand a month? I can't bother to do the math. That's maybe she's got private tutors. A year? Maybe private tutors or something. I don't know. Ah, uh, damn. Maybe she's like don't, don't, she's doing one-on-one -on -one classes with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you get the summer off? So would you still need the sixty thousand? Well, it was tuition and living expenses. So apparently, she's living. At the place she goes to school, I'm trying to keep. I don't know. But I'm like, aren't most of the schools distant learning? Well, it's not over. It's not over yet. When she's not cleaning and and doing laundry for ten thousand dollars and getting 
$135,000 in clothes. And when she's not talking on that $20,000 a month phone and email, and while she has time off from her $60,000 a month education, there's entertainment. What entertainment? With me plus eight thousand months. How man. much? Yeah. How much you think she needs for entertainment a month? I'm gonna say just the the boldness. It's got to be a hundred and no, no, no two hundred fifty thousand. I wouldn't be mad at you for saying that. That would make sense in the context. But apparently, she must be literally flying in Beyonce and some of these people to perform in her bedroom because she needs $900,000 a month for entertainment. Oh, <laughs> ain't no concerts, no sporting events. Well, I was going to say, she's probably getting them yeah. privately flown into her bedroom oh, to and play. she's doing the coronavirus yeah, testing like, and everything. She's like, I, I need a, a one-on-one show at Rihanna. <laughs> okay. Wow. Jesus. That's, okay. some, that's some bookings right there, boy. Now, I know she has receipts that this is what they were spending together, correct? I know she has those receipts. I guess. I guess. Well, we got two more left here. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to take a step back. On top of that, like, he's Dr. Dre. I'm sure he was comped a lot of this stuff. Did he never know, man? Okay. We got to level up, apparently. Uh, next up is charitable contributions. Got to spread his wealth. She's got to be able to give money per month. You took and, Did you give? Okay. See, there you go. So I'm not going to even ask you to guess on this. She needs to be able to give at least $125,000 a month to charity. <laughs> That's a cold piece, man. That's a cold. To put that in there is cold. (laughs) So she wants, she wants to donate, but not from what she's giving from Dre. She wants Dre to add in money for her. Wow. So she can. Wow. Yo, uh, Clarifo Dollar needs that jet, bro. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to the church. (laughs) You got to tie. Now tie not during this part. You do your ties now. All right. Now, lastly, with all of that. I mean, you know what? To be fair, she does get all this. <laughs> she probably doesn't need to tie because she came up. Yeah, she, she came up a lot. All right. So, lastly, we have the mortgage. Uh, mortgage? All about how she... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, the mortgage at least is $100,000 a month. So, that's why... <sighs> Uh, Nicole Young, she needs that two million. Come on, Dre. Come on, Dre. Take care of your queen. Now. Okay, she. She. This is this going. This. This is why she broke. This is why she ain't gonna give you. How you? How is your entertainment budget larger than your house mortgage budget? <laughs> what they are. Time. They are black. <laughs> Come on now. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> No matter <laughs> how much money we got, we're still going to be us now. Like, $900,000 for entertainment, $100,000 for the... Come on, bro. Wow. I guess she is going to re- release that detox album. She's going to come out with an album called Still Broke. <laughs> still Broke. But you know his other baby mama's got to be looking at this like, what? <laughs> Where's Michelle? Michelle... <laughs> See, Dre, I told you, Dre, you should have. <laughs> Where's my money, Dre? 
Were they married? Were Michelle uh, Michelle married? No, they just have kids. Okay. But uh, here we go. So here's here's maybe this is some this is sort of alluding to maybe her receipts or maybe why she's like because I when I first heard the, the the two million I was like man she must be mad like did he have a baby on the side or something because this this is something else man. So here's what she's putting in the pot. Now it says along with that Nicole claims Dr. Dre had a quote history of violence and coercive coercive control both before and during the marriage. Young claims that she was in fear in a particular instance when Dre texted her, quote, why are you ignoring me? What? Why are you ignoring me? Should I come see you? So, and as of now, Nicole Young is also asking for Dr. Dre to cover her attorney fees. You knew that was coming. Where's so, Benjamin Crump? Shit. Mr. Big Sexy, man. I mean, you're a lawyer. I mean, what's your, what's your hot take on this situation, man? All right. <clears throat> first things first. It is not unusual for one spouse to request the other spouse to pay legal fees. That's not unusual. Uh, temporary support also is not unusual. It's generally based on income. But, you know, these numbers she's throwing around, and I have not seen any of the documents, obviously, but she's out of her fucking mind. Uh, one thing also just popped up on my screen. Apparently, the former, soon-to-be former Mrs. Young was married to NBA player Sedale three before she got with Dre. So that, to me, would imply that Dre has a prenup. Why? Because this chick has a pattern. So I would hope his people got in his ear and said, you know, she's uh, about this life, man. So hopefully they got in, her, in his ear and set him up straight. Because the way that she is doing all of this publicly, first of all, will have zero bearing in court. None. Because in California, there are two grounds for divorce. Irreconcilable differences and incurable insanity. That's it. So all these allegations he did this and that means nothing. She's just trying to stir the pot and get sympathy. And again, which is part of the game. I understand that. Um, assuming he does have the prenup in place, once this thing goes forward, the prenup will control. Mm. As Damn. far as support, I believe the kids are all over 18, so she can throw that out the window too. You know, I want to hear that. Woo. Well, what are you saying, Big? Uh, it's going to be Ampoo. Um, nope. I will say, you know, listening to Mark, I will say we can't totally dismiss um, the domestic violence accusation because, I mean, Dre does have that history. I can't uh, it dismiss is, it either, but again, it's not going to be a factor in, in a sp spousal support award. True, but code of public opinion, he might not want her to go to court and and put all that out there because he has millions, hundreds of millions, billions even on the line. So that it's, I think it's probably uh, a play that okay. Don't play don't with me, me, nigga. Yeah, you don't <laughs> exactly. You don't want me to say any more, do you? So let's just settle this as uh, smooth as possible. Now I don't think she deserved that two million, but you know what's your what's your uh, name worth? Uh, Dre, mm -hmm. I hope you got that prenup, and I hope it's airtight. Man, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation for sure. Um, obviously, there's something 
happened between those, you know, which happens in, in any relationship, but something happened that was so bad where they had to one, you know, get a divorce and then it turned ugly. Like, you know, they're not, they must not even speak really and get along for it to be played out like this. Um, Cause you know, she's, she's playing like, like uh big sexy. If you were her lawyer though, would you play similar sort of type of thing? If you knew like this guy has probably a billion dollars and you could maybe get a lot more as opposed to what, whatever that prenup said or something, would you kind of play well, a tactic all, like would, this? I'd want to see the prenup first. And as an attorney, I would try to break the prenup. Mm. Now, once I've broken the prenup, it's Dodge City out there. We can get into it. I would never take it public like this because, again, throwing mud just, just ratchets up the drama and, you know, bad feelings. You know, it's like, like we always say in all these gangster movies, we can do this two ways. We can do this like gentlemen, or we can get some ghetto shit. Keep it behind closed doors. Dre, look. You don't want us to take this thing to the street. We've broken the prenup. You need to give my client X, and we'll keep it all quiet, and we go on our merry little way. Because you notice, Dre hasn't said a word. She's not there running her mouth. Yeah, true. True. And I'm just looking now. Apparently, they got married in 96, which I am pretty certain predates that Apple money. So, yeah, he better have a prenup. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're definitely, you know, it's probably going to continue to play out in the media until. And don't get me wrong, you know, she they were married fourteen years. She's entitled to a chunk of support. Don't you know? Not saying she's not, but two million a month. Shit. (laughs) Man, that's a. Well, I guess you're supposed to ask for more. Ask for the moon. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and then sort of bring it down. But yeah, man, it's unfortunate to see it. See it. What they say, you hate to see it. You know, play out there like that, but uh, I guess we uh, keep our eyes open. Hopefully, they uh, can get it together, and before it gets super ugly, because I'm sure both of them probably got some dirt on each other. But he would just—why would you want to drag your family through something like that? But you see, and he—he's from what we're seeing thus far by not saying anything, he's trying to you know take the high road here. Yeah. And I think he kind of has to just because I think at this point he's so associated with big corporations like Apple and stuff. And I would not imagine they're like, you're not going to be out there <laughs> a part of us in, in the foolishness. You know, you're going to have to get, fix it. Fix it, Dre. That's probably with it. Dre, fix it <laughs> before she get, get to doing something crazy because we don't have time for that. So, yeah, he's on a whole other level now. He can't he can't be out there. Uh, like like if it was back in the day, Dre. You know, imagine if it was back in the day, Dre. <laughs> I go, wow, he would have beat the shit out of her. I guess that's sad to say that, but that was that was his get down. I'm uh-huh. curious to see how the judge rules on her request for two million a month because no, <laughs> I yeah. don't see that happening. Yeah, he doesn't. What 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 he doesn't want to happen, and can she sort of seems to allude to it. And I was I said this when this story first broke. He don't want her to go pull that card and then sort of go pull D Barnes and some other Michelle and some other people and they do some united front thing and 
you know, get on social media and all that. Yeah, oh, he can't win bad. that. Even if he, yeah, no. you know what I mean? Just they, they, you can't win that battle. So I, yeah, he's going to have to go ahead and settle that out and just take the L and keep it pushing. Go ahead and release that neck, that detox and get your be- <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, it ain't worth all that. But anyway, what, what did our Kanye say? When they leave, they leave with half. Mm. Damn. All right. Uh, let's see what else is going on here. And speaking of uh, just allegations, thing like that, let's jump into Ray Fisher real quick. Shout out to Jody's Corner. His career is now over. <laughs> so Ray Fisher, for those who don't know, he played Cyborg in the the Justice League movie that came out a few years ago. Uh, and then, then you're going to see him uh, even in a greater capacity when they re-release this movie uh, next year on HBO Max is an unedited or uncut version of the movie. But uh, he had recently came out and, and was uh, saying there was some, I don't know if he said discrimination or just bullying or what exactly was the situation, but he made some claims against, uh, I think it was Josh Whedon, Jeff Johns. Well, Josh Whedon, of course, he was the director of, uh, well, he came in to finish directing Justice League. You also know him from Buffy and the Avengers movie. And then Jeff Johns, who was a big comic book, DC Comics uh, writer, was also a very big, big guy in DC uh, studios. I don't know if it's DC studios or the DC films and TV stuff. But he was saying that there was some shenanigans going on behind the scenes, uh, particularly with Jeff Johns. And he was making some claims kind of like trying to put them on blast and call them out. And he'd been doing this pretty loudly on social media and to the point where Warner Brothers said, okay, you know what? We're going to launch an investigation to get to the bottom of this and see what's going on. And when he did this, a lot of people kind of raised their eyes and was like, man, you know, you mean Jeff Johns? You know, he's very beloved within the, the, the community. And of course, Josh Whedon, and he's, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, they was doing some stuff and they was teaming up on me and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. And then I saw that Ray Fisher had tweeted something yesterday. I don't have it in front of me. Maybe you guys have it where he was saying like the head of Warner Brothers called him on the phone and was trying to maybe see if Ray would tone it down. And uh, Ray was saying that the head of Warner Brothers was, was, was willing to throw Josh Whedon. And there's another person who I don't have his name. who's going to throw them under the bus. If he eased off of Jeff Johns's neck, <laughs> like, yo, let John, let, let Jeff Johns live. And uh, Ray Fisher was, you know, being defiant in the tweet saying, nah, I'm not letting up. Damn that. Let's get it. You know, let's get this investigation popping a few hours, a few hours later. (laughs) Warner Brothers released a statement (laughs) saying, nah, it ain't go like that. We didn't. uh, No one was trying to throw anybody under the bus. Matter of fact, we had this investigation by a third party and Ray Fisher wasn't cooperating. And they were saying, so we did this investigation. And with that said, we didn't see no wrongdoing. And to even throw really throw it. Well, I think this is where they throw on sort of the black ball angle or like, no, nigga, you done angle. <laughs> they was like <laughs> Ray Fisher came to the head of Warner Brothers. He wanted to holler at the head of Warner Brothers 
pictures who they were saying didn't who who wasn't the head of Warner Brothers during the time when these movies were being made. So it wasn't like he was the guy anyway, but and was talking like, well, yeah, uh, Jeff Johns and Josh Whedon, they're not being receptive to my script changes. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, hell no. So can you, you know, and and so they're like, you know, that that's they put that in there for a reason. Like, you you ain't really been in no big movies before. Yeah, you're the new guy, man. You're gonna you're gonna tell them how to to do script changes, and then you're mad because they don't want to do that. I know they were probably like Nick. They didn't say it. they didn't say that. Let me let me stop saying that n word. Let me. They were probably brother, bro, sir. <laughs> them motherfuckers over there at Disney didn't give George Lucas no consideration on the script for the shit he created. You think we're going to give you? <laughs> Let you come in here and tell us. Stop it. Ray, relax. Just say the lines and get this check. But it's not that difficult. So they were like, please, man. Of course they ain't going to listen to you. That's the game. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure every actor was like, hey, I think we could do it this way. You know, if he just said, just read the script. You know what is? Well, let us handle the writing, and you do the acting. How about that? We paying for this shit anyway. So they were basically trying to trying to show like he's just mad because they didn't want to consider his ideas, and now he's coming. Now again, that may or may not be true, but this is the line they're going with for a particular reason, in my opinion. To 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 really say, look, we gave him the investigation. Now, again, they could be lying. It could be like Jeff Johns is too big to the game for us. So we'll sweep that under the rug. But nonetheless, they're letting you know where they stand. And they're basically saying you're done. Because now it's going to look like you are that actor entitled who wants to come in and dictate stuff who don't have no juice. And then you're going to throw other executives under the bus in the media and then you're going to drag the head of the corporation into it, too, and try to throw him under the bus. No, we're on code. This is the this is the game, because if they was to allow that to go down, that would change the whole game. Wouldn't it be? Oh, so actors can just come in and put people on blast on social media and and tell executives what to do. That nah, ain't going to happen. Not unless you got some receipts. And unfortunately, as of now, Ray Fisher has produced nah receipt. (laughs) (laughs) Just been talking. So unless he got something waiting to drop, he's done. Which is unfortunate, you know, because I I guess he was. um, The thing is, he's going to be the big focus of this Justice League movie when it comes out because they had cut all his stuff out earlier. And they were trying to get him to be in the new Flash movie to reprise his role. Some of the research I did, it looked like they're kind of writing him out of that Flash. Like, you can forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what's the next step for this brother. I, I was trying to understand how he, what he was, he was going to play this because he was going there talking a lot of big stuff. And he, he wanted to be very vague in terms of like what actually happened. Oh, oh it's going to come out later. I can't say this. And now, okay, so now Warner Brothers, they just said, Boop. Uh, 
Nah, man. We, we, nope. We don't, we don't see nothing. <clears throat> so, don't they have no, a, a different cyborg on Doom Patrol? Uh, they do, yes. I believe they do. I haven't seen that show, but yes, they do. Yeah, I think he's going to get a promotion to the big league. <laughs> that would be funny. They pull him through the multiverse. And, and pull him. <laughs> Man, Ray. Uh, Ampu, any, any thoughts on this? <clears throat> yeah, um, just because one of us put this out doesn't mean it's true. However, <laughs> they are pe- pushing, putting Ray into a corner to, you know, produce the receipts or shut up. And right now, he doesn't have these receipts. And it's like, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, the thing that gets me is, is that Warner Brothers is doing all this for Jeff Johns. Okay, yeah, he's, I guess he's made them a lot of money for the comic book side. But, I mean, this ain't Russo's or. Well, he's uh, tied into a lot of these movies. He's the producer mm-hmm. on a lot of these film and movie TV projects. So he he's a, a lot big of deal. Of Super they Boy, can't just oh, yeah. pull him out of there because he's tied into all that shit. He's definitely okay. deeply in there, man. What I need to know is what exactly he, what role did he play in making all this money? Because I know the roles the Russos have played, uh, Waititi has played. I even get and understand the roles James Gunn has played. Kevin Feige? Hell yeah. Jeff Johns, or Jeff Johns being... is the producer. Uh, okay, Jeff I still. Uh, writer, writer of the comics or the him. shows and the both. films? I think both, actually. Both. I need to see. I need to see those receipts. Go ahead, pull them up, go, man. Go, yeah. go look at the credits of all these movies. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, I see the credits. He's a, he's a top producer. He ain't just a little bottom dude. They yeah. answered to him. <laughs> so, so he obviously got a lot of juice. This guy's got, got a big universe. Juice, but I, Way more than me, Ray Fisher. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But to me, I'm just like, I'm not seeing the body of work to warrant Warner Brothers going out of their way to try to protect this guy from these accusations from Ray Fisher. So I'm just sitting in the middle like, okay, well, he says, she said. So, Ray, I'm sorry, dude. You, you, got, you got to come with something. Remember you were in America. <laughs> and so you just put that lens on it. It's like, well, okay. Okay, Ray. When you say, well, why is the difference between them? And then they'd be like, well, what has Ray Fisher been in? He was there on Broadway, right? Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's where he comes from. He's a stage, stage actor. And then this was, I believe this might have been his first movie, uh, was, uh, was Justice League. And, then, and, 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 and they cut his parts out of the movie that was released, right? So that lets you know, this is how we think about you, <laughs> first of all. And then you're going to come in here and drop the race or insinuate some sort of, you know, in, in today's world and you're going to go to the press with it. With Even no if he was telling the truth, he's done unless he got concrete facts, receipts. It don't even matter what level Jeff Johns is at. You're putting the game on blast and they're never going to let you do that. Not unless they're forced in a corner to, and he ain't forced nobody in a corner. He's just a black actor talking crazy in the media whether he's true or not what's your you don't get that sort of uh they don't give you no rope to hang them they just played the social justice warrior card to say we'll go ahead and do the investigation because they probably know he ain't got no receipts and they've got all the rest of them on code that's why i'm like okay so ray fisher you dropping again 
How many other of his co-workers back in his play? Zack Snyder back him up? Because Zack's his boy. Nope. Zack is his boy. But does Zack come out and say, you know what? I stand with Ray. Jason no, Momoa, no. who was on the set, did he come out and say, you know what? I, I, was, I was there too. I saw it. Did he come out? Ben Affleck, did he come out? Gal Gadot? Them quiet as a mouse. And they got juice. They got movies <laughs> under their belt. Billion dollar movies. You think they, so they got, so they could say something and then people going to listen. Did they say anything? And he said, shit. They on the set too. Was Ray Fisher on a different set than the rest of the, the bigger actors on the thing? So they left that brother out there to dry. Because <laughs> whether or not it was true or not, <laughs> They ain't going back. They ain't sacrificing their career over this shit. So you said they went. They went Terry Crews. Hey, they, again, unless you got some receipts, they're like, hey, listen, bro, this is. They don't never listen to what fuck we say. <laughs> they're always assholes. That's how they game. When producers shut up and get over there and do the part. I don't want to hear it. You're the talent. <laughs> That's the game, bro. If Ben Affleck, who is big in the game, if he can sit there. And take that, you're gonna take it. And if he don't take it, you think he's gonna come out and go on social media and start airing people out? When does that ever work? That's not strategic. You're not gonna air out Hollywood. You think you're gonna win? You better have some video footage. You better have some footage, uh, audio footage of Jeff Johns. Just do it, nigger. <laughs> <laughs> But if you ain't got nothing like that and you and they just and he just dismissed you in front of everybody and you're and you're hurt and your feelings are hurt. I hate to tell you, brother, you're not going to make it far in nothing. If that's the case, if you mad because they didn't want to listen to you and they just dismissed you and, and, and maybe they clowned you in front of the set. You ain't going to make it then. This, I'm sorry. This is sounding like Wendy and Lisa going <laughs> off on the kid. Well, probably, you know, it's the same type of thing. Like you, cause you feel, he hurts your feelings, man. Shit, <laughs> my Clay Davis. <laughs> stop it, Ray. Ray, I, stop it. I, I will say this: <clears throat> I do not know the other gentleman, uh, Josh Whedon, but I know Jeff Johns. And when this story broke, I didn't buy it for a second. Now, you can say it about a lot of people, not Jeff. No. Jeff is not that kind of dude, man. So I don't know who got in Ray's ear to gas him up. Maybe he's pissed because all his stuff got left on the cutting room floor. I don't know. But nah, man, you picked the wrong dude because no one bought that shit. Then they did an investigation and found nothing. Yeah, you, you got to go, Ray. So enjoy making Soul Plane Part 2, you know, the COVID years. Because you're done, man. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll wait to see what his next move is. Because, um, yeah, man. That's Ray a, is done. That's a hard play, brother. He's going to be playing. What, what's my girl's name? Who pissed off Spielberg? The real hot one? Oh. Oh, you're talking about, oh, she just got a movie. This just she's yeah, in the Transformer she just, yeah, movies. She, yeah, Mega Fox? Megan Fox. Megan Fox. She, he's going to get the Megan Fox treatment. Be putting time out for a few years. I mean, I guess, 
I guess unless he wants to get on his butt breaking, he ain't gonna recover like Megan did. Megan Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just caught what you said. That's yeah. not right. <laughs> I'm just saying because uh, to to the community, Megan still looks good. So they thinking mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can make some money off of you, and we might be able to get some favors from from Megan. Wow. Ray, are you willing to walk that track? Wow. What the track? Wow. I saw what you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at uh, something just came out here. It says. Uh, the actor who played Cyborg uh, previously alleged that the directors, so he's talking about Josh Whedon, his onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He also said that Whedon, who has a track record of fucked up allegations to his name, in case you weren't aware, was enabled in many ways by former DC Entertainment President Jeff Johns, so that's why he's a big deal over there, and former Warner Brothers Entertainment Vice President John Berg. So, yeah, man, I mean, you're saying there was the cast. So he was speaking up on behalf of the cast? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. They, yeah. they held him out the drive. They're like, yeah. I don't know what he on. <laughs> I know he, they must have had a private meeting or something. And Ray's, okay, guys, I'll do this. St- yeah, Ray. Yeah, Ben. Hey, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, right Ray, go, go ahead. <laughs> Ray, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you bleed? <laughs> DC fans got that. Bruh, you were, yeah, they, they, they set you up for failure, brother, because if y'all didn't stand up there united, with the big dogs talking, you the little fish, man. Yeah. I mean, all you had to do was look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, when James Gunn got uh, pushed out, they united, put out a statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yep, look at uh, Batista. He's like, he, that, this might be the case of one person going at Disney and winning. <laughs> Is he calling him out? Like, Y'all can get rid of me. I'm cool. Yep. And he did fail. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where Ray probably saw that. Like, oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> You what's that, right? what's that, uh, that meme where they sh- where the dude got his hand underneath his and then cutting like cutting his thing? Ah, nah, you don't want to do that, right? No, no, I'm gonna tell him, I won't be in any further movies. I'm gonna tell him I ain't gonna be in no further movies. Ah. Oh, that was Jonah Hill. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you got the juice like that, but like, I, I want to be on cold with Ray, but come on, boy, give us something. Please. I can't help you, right? Because you're you're right own. now, we looking like the you looking like the Negro that cried wolf. And you know what the next movie's gonna be? Meteor Man Two, starring Jesse Smollett oh. and Ray Fisher. <laughs> 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 you niggas live productions. <laughs> Damn. Damn it, Ray. Man, high hopes. High <sighs> hopes for you, brother. See, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it to another direction here. I didn't like Cyborg being in the Justice League from jump. I mean, when they did the first book with Jim Lee, punk. You know, with that relaunch, they took Cyborg out of the Titans for no reason. Mm. I take that back. We all know the reason, but that was a bullshit reason to do it because they had John Stewart. If they had to go that route, so that was bullshit all the way around. Man, 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 man. All right. Well, hopefully it, it ends well for him. If nothing else, again, Justice League Snyder Cut is coming. He'll be featured. Maybe he'll get some other roles off of that. Um, I don't think so. But yeah. 
All right. Okay, moving on. Real quick, I want to divert from movies. We're going to come back to movies in a second. I just want to get into this real quick. Has anybody had a chance to listen to the Prince, the official podcast, The Story of Sign of the Times? They've put out two episodes so far. Have you guys heard? I had no idea this was out. Yeah, yeah, they've started. I both of them. What'd you think about uh, so far, Big Sexy? Honestly? No, a lot. I think we do it better. Oh, interesting. Wow. Sorry. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to be a haterade guy or anything like that. Uh, I think it's good. I think we're better. I think we go deeper. Um, Pause. <laughs> like in this last episode, they had Susan Rogers on. We had Susan Rogers first, and we had a we got a lot more information from her. Um, they did have Susanna on, and let me be clear. I, I'm not drinking the haterade, but Susanna seems to be in it for Susanna, and mm-hmm. not really about you know the music. And theirs is a fluff. Theirs is a fluff piece. Ours is CNN. That's how I look at it. Interesting, interesting. I didn't know you were going that way with it. Okay. Well, I, I, I've heard them. Um, first of all, I'll, let me salute uh, Andrea Swenson. She's the host of that. Puts it on. I met her. Went to the radio, radio station one time. Salute to her. Um, I, I think I see a different. I mean, to me, they're telling a story and they're specifically talking about sign of times and they've got access to all these people. And how I know for me, I would love to just hear just a pure Wendy and Lisa two, three hour blowout, just everything. But I understand that they got to edit it in chunks to sort of tell a narrative story as what they're doing. Um, so I thought it was cool. I think it's great for a person who doesn't know much about Prince to listen to that. I think it would, you know what I mean? Like it kind of walk you through. Cause I, sometimes I feel like the interviews we do are great for like, if you're a Prince fan and you, you, you know, yeah. you don't have to explain yeah. a lot of things. You can just go right into stuff. So that's why I see the difference, but I thought it was cool though. though and, and I know there's more coming. I, I want to say there's like six or seven episodes of this. Oh, eight. Okay. Um, and I've seen people online who are like, well, first, let me let me throw this. Here, here's racial warning. Oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. So, so y'all can unsubscribe and click off now. We're, we're okay. I've seen some people mention, like, huh, man, they don't have any black people talking. And they did. On the first episode, they had Brown Mark. He said like a sentence or something. They had him on there. Okay. Um, so, so it's like Purple yeah. Rain Part 2, huh? Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Here you go. <laughs> but, but I, you know, the first episode, I would say, was probably more about, that particular episode was more about the revolution and how they contributed to, and they made a lot of those songs or worked on those songs early on, and specifically Wendy and Lisa, because they were kind of featuring more of them. Uh, the second episode was more so about Susanna, as you said, and really like her relationship with Prince and them living in their house and coming up with these songs. And they had some Susan Rogers in there as well. Um, I think that was all they had on there, aside from Prince. But I, I, what I was saying was people was, I saw somebody sort of mention that, and, I'm, and I know I can tell you for a fact, there are more episodes coming and there are going to be other people that they're going to spotlight and feature. So let's be clear. They're going to include other people. Um, and it's coming as I was listening to those so far. And again, I'm reserving judgment because it's not all out yet. 
Uh, but I just listened to that and not, not a lot of that was new because I'm a super fan. So, you know, a lot of it, but I just want to be clear, like Prince, Prince, he didn't and he doesn't need anybody. <laughs> like he was the shit before that, after and everything else. I love the contributions. Wendy and Lisa uh, put to it some of my favorite Prince collaborators or, you know, muses and all these. I love, I love Wendy and Lisa's first album. It's one of my favorite all-time albums. They're dope. What are you talking about? Susanna. I get it. Like, there's been a many of beautiful, great women who have influenced Prince, ever been in a relationship with them, whatever. Love them. Salute them all. But I just want to, I'm just speaking as a fan and I'm speaking as a, I don't give a fuck what you think sort of thing. Prince was dope before <laughs> he met them people and after. They contributed, yes. But I just, I don't know, a certain part of me, just a small part of me was like, ah, I get this. I get it. And I salute them. I love them. But whether or not they would have added their bits to Prince's songs or not, that shit was already fire, in my opinion. <laughs> them songs was already fire. <laughs> Prince was already the shit. We're talking about a time after all them other albums, <laughs> right? We're talking about after Dirty Mind, Controversy, 1999, Purple Rain. He was already the shit. Now you coming in and him saying, hey, go ahead and add this, add some sitar to that song or sing harmonies on this. Beautiful, dope. But if he would have took them elements off, which on some of them songs he did when he released them, they was already banging. So I just, I, I, I hope they, they push through, you, you, you get through when you're hearing all this stuff. And, and I say this for even the episodes that come after. We're talking about Prince. <laughs> Stop it. It's okay to just say, you know what? He was the shit. He didn't really need us. Yeah, I added a little something to it, but let's keep it a buck. If I didn't add nothing to it or wasn't asked to be a part of it, it was going to be the shit anyway. Because I just came. He, he let me. He said, here, here go this song. See what y'all can do on it. What he gave us was fire. That's why I, I need to hear them say that. Like, what's the song? Strange Relationship. You go listen to the Strange Relationship that we've been circulating in the bootlegs, you know, when Elisa contributed. And you go listen to the version that's on the record. And I believe there's going to be another version on this that was before their input too, I believe. That song is banging. So, <laughs> didn't nobody make Prince or open his ears? No, you no, didn't. Stop. Because if that's the case, you know, we in a receipts world. We'd be like, okay, when you left, where were your jams at? 
See, that's the that's the thing when a lot of people be asking, oh yeah, you know, I helped this first show. Okay, where's yours? Where you? Ah, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a few people that got bangers that ain't got nothing to do with Prince. And I said, you know who they are. They got bangers. You already know. But that's just me like, man, let's just, let's not make out. And we're talking about signing the Times, the album, which is one of Prince's dopest pieces of work. Let's not act like he ain't the all to be everything that got to do with that. Like he's, he's what made that shit dope. Uh, Eric, can you ask him how are lines in? Fabulous. And I'm a Eric's please stand. But let's keep it a buck. <laughs> I need you to add to my dopeness. You're going to make some salt and pepper and make it even more dope. <laughs> but we're talking about Prince. We're not talking about, you know, Kool-Aid knucklehead Johnson down the street who got some, he can, he got, he, he can play a little bit of music, but let me fine tune him and bring him up to, no, we're talking about Prince who's at the upper echelon and he's what you want to be like. And he's allowing you to get down on some masterpieces. I'm on my rant, but I'm just saying. You know, everything you said, it's kind of reminded me of uh, Dr. Dre. Uh, it comes mm-hmm. out after the fact, you know, uh, Daz um, produced a certain song or Hitman or Mailman did it. The thing is, is that was really the difference between the people that were in Dre's camp that helped with Chronic and 2001 and the people in the Prince camp is they'll be like, yeah, I, I started that beat, but make no mistake. If Dre didn't touch it, it ain't a hit. Facts. And they'll give him the props. Facts. He's like, he's like, there's something when I gave it to him, 75%. That 25% is what made it, that Dre put on it is what made that a banger. Yeah, and, and and that's a good example because there's only a couple of people in that camp of the Dre thing that went on to have bangers without the Dre stand. Or you know, you can, and Scott Storch, Scorch, Storch, if I'm saying his name right. Yeah, he did a, a lot of those Dre songs on the it was a 2001 album, like Still Dre and all that. Mm-hmm. But then when he stepped out and had his own name on it, bangers. <laughs> Like he, it's okay. So yeah, you did that. You you did it before, and I would even give uh my guy Daz. He got bangers without Dre's name on it. So that's what I'm I'm saying the same thing. Like that's cool. Yeah, you was probably you probably was in there. Okay, show me your work. You know, the, the, the teacher be like, okay, well yeah, you were part of a team. Now let's see your work. Is it on the same level? Eh, might be. It's debatable. Well, well, Prince had a machine behind him. Okay, I'll give you that. But in the 90s, he had no machine behind him. He just putting it out and he's still bangers. Still the same quality for the I mean, you know it's his sound. So I'm just saying, man, like I dig it. We and we we and I'm saluting the official Prince podcast. Let me be very clear on that. Salute. Salute to Dwayne to Dahl. Salute. But I'm just saying, but we are talking about Prince and Prince, unlike these other 
artists out here is the absolute shit. You can just put him in the studio by himself and he's coming out with some shit. You can put some of these other people in this, but they self and niggas gonna sound like some shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a difference, motherfucker. That's all I'm saying. So let's not act like he had all the, you know, he... <laughs> Yeah, he was only great because, you know, it was great because they had that. Yeah, 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 and stop it. That's that's a new, that's a new shirt we're going to get from Purple Community. Prince was Yeah, and stop it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back talking about movies uh, again. And we'd be remiss not to mention Chadwick Boseman, man. What a loss. He was 43 years old, I believe. Colon cancer. Uh, T'Challa himself. James Brown. Thurgood Marshall. Jackie Robinson. I mean, this dude has done iconic roles in such a short amount of time. It w- was on his way to probably really uh, be uh, one of the forefront of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And just doing great things in general. And that was tragic news when that, I mean, I was, remember I was sitting down at my desk and I saw something go on my phone. I was like, what? And then my phone just started blowing up. My mom called me, my brother calls, oh man, I had to call the kids. But just, ah, this, this tragic, tragic, good brother. Um, but I wanted to, to, to have a conversation about what we think they should do with, Black Panther too. I think we have a little bit of space time where we can sort of talk about that and it's not disrespectful. Um, but so but with that said, I'm going to go to Ampu and, and get your thoughts, sir. What do you, and give us your thoughts about Chadwick, of, of course, and then Black Panther. Are you going to come to the problematic brother first, huh? Oh, I, I didn't know you were problematic. How, I see how you do it. I see how I, you do I don't do see it. you that way, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it really is a, a, a loss and it just kind of put um, the last four years somewhat in perspective. I put up on Facebook, there was an image of him doing a Wakanda pose. And it's funny that as time progressed, you saw his enthusiasm for doing that pose and picture just wane. And people were like, yeah, you know, he's sick and tired of that pose. He's sick and tired of oh, he's I know he's tired of being asked to do that pose. And, you know, now that you think back on it, he, you know, he... Found out that he had colon cancer in 2016. He's been fighting it since then. And it, it probably had nothing to do with him being tired of being asked to do that pose. It was it probably was more so the day that they took that picture, he was probably having a bad day from trying to fight to live. And it just really, you know, really got to me like, damn, you we really didn't know that brother's struggle. Apparently, he didn't want us to know his struggle. And the fact that he was able to commit to such a very important role that we now see uh, for Black people, for Black children, Black youth. And then he did, um, uh, I believe he did uh, the Thurgood Marshall story. He did 21 Bridges. He did so many uh, public appearances, promoting all of these films, doing all of these talk shows, um, being a commencement speaker. Uh, God only knows how many Make-A-Wish, um, Make-A-Wish Foundation appearances he did. And then the fact that he did them for 
kids that uh, had terminal illnesses and he was fighting for his life. It just really just makes you like have more love and appreciation for him because he did all of that quietly, apparently didn't want anyone to know. So that's just, at the other hand, it just makes you think that that was a strong black man that this is the work. I'm going to do this work regardless of what's going on with me physically, regardless of the fight that I'm, that I'm dealing with, regardless of I might not make it to see the other end of all of this great work that I'm participating in. And he went and did that. Um, with that being said, as far as with the franchise moving on, you know, Chadwick, he did his thing. But for me, I'd like them to recast. Um, if I said when uh, Carrie Fisher died, hey, get Helen Marin. Go get, um, I, I can't think of another, uh, uh, go Meryl Streep to, to do Princess Leia. Uh, I'm going to keep that same energy and say that I honestly believe they can get two more films out of this franchise before they think about either twilighting it or um, in the case of what you see with Thor where they're coming in with Lady Thor, uh, Iron Man, they're thinking about, okay, who are we going to get to replace um, Tony Stark? I feel like, for me, I do not want to see um, Shuri just yet ascend the throne. There is a further story to be told with T'Challa that I want to see play out. And y'all going to laugh at me, but I've, 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 I've come up with some replacement. My first one was, go ahead, get your laugh out, Will Smith. And, <laughs> and the reason why I say Will Smith is because he is a very likable person. There is, I feel like there might be some pushback, not only for recasting Chadwick, but also because they're not passing it on to uh, Shuri, Letitia Wright. So I think with someone at the, at the I like Will Smith, who um, is very well liked, you know he can act. He needs to work on that African accent, but you know he can act. I think it would really make us easy. Um, another one is uh, Yolan Noel. He was the brother from the first Purge. Um, mm. Mike, you said he'd be perfect for that. I can see well, that. I can see. Fortunately, not going to not going to make that. Um, however, Black Panther, I think he has the statue. He has the, the he has the good looks that they're looking for. Um, I think he can do, he's proven he can do action scenes. So I say give it to him. Another one um, is going to be nepotism, but oh well. White folks do it. Why can't blacks? John David Washington. I've seen him on many seasons of, uh, of Ballers. Um, hopefully Tenet. I'm, I'm going to get into that uh, later this week. He shows that he can make the transition to action. So that's, an, uh, that's another guy. But I think the perfect person, which are really, I think, in my opinion, will welcome him back to Hollywood on the grand stage. And on top of that, I think it would really give black people hype. And I know you're going to be saying, no, he's too old. No. Wesley Snipes. He's too old. He, mm. Yeah, I know you're going to say he's too old. I know, but <laughs> uh, Chadwick was 43. He's uh, 58. And you got technology. If they can de-age uh, Robert Downey Jr., they de-age Samuel Jackson. They can do any. And uh, I mean, I, I've seen some recent pictures. He does not look that old. So and and the reason why I say Wesley is the fact that in the '90s he was trying to get a Black Panther film 
done. He wanted to be Black Panther, and he wasn't in the first one. I don't know why. It could have been Hollywood still ain't fully fucking with him. But I'm just thinking, like, to me, I think he could be a really good casting for it. And I feel like he would give it his all and knock it out of the box. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, I will say this. I agree. I think they should continue forward with Black Panther T'Challa. You brought up an interesting point about the Carrie Fisher Princess Leia thing. I don't think you would recast Princess Leia at this time. Now, if this had happened after the first Star Wars movie came out, I would say, yes, you recast Princess Leia. That She just started. But I think with this one, we just had one full movie of the character, and then he's been featured in other movies. Uh, I think he should continue on as T'Challa. You can get another actor to play that. But I feel like the character at this point is bigger uh, from a storytelling, you know, mythic standpoint than the actor who plays that. And I would maybe argue most of these comic book characters and movies are bigger than the actors who play them because they're ultimately are, are, are they are interchangeable after a certain time. Robert Downey Jr. is an interesting case, but he's played that character in multiple movies. We've seen him through the whole storyline and they've killed him in the story. So to, you could, so you would have to like, you're not only recasting Tony Stark, you'd be reincarnating him from the dead, which from a story point doesn't make sense. But with T'Challa, he's very much alive in the story. And I think it would be a discredit to the story if you somehow killed him in the first 10, 15 minutes in the movie and you'd have to, you'd have to rush to that, explain that in the story. That would just, that would be corny and it's unnecessary. Uh, I think for the fans of black Panther and what he represents, it, that would suck that he has to die just to bring somebody else. Like, why? Like, why would he have to? You don't kill, you didn't kill, you don't kill uh, James Bond. You don't kill Batman. You don't kill Superman. Superman. You know, four Spider-Man. Now, you can have them have their story arc and you recast them and these characters are in sort of a different universe and you're telling the story. I get that. But they're not going to start a whole new universe for Black Panther after one movie. And of course, the Marvel movies are tightly together. So you can't have an outside a continuity story for Marvel. They ain't started doing that. And they're not going to start doing that here. So to me, yeah, you, you bring in another person. Of course, that actor is going to have to feel some big shoes. So you, you're going to get somebody who can really put it down and make it their own. And Chadwick laid the foundation and is the template. But Black Panther is the, is the thing. And I just think for all the kids who this was their first time seeing, you know, a big superhero, black actor, action type movie, sci-fi element. We don't need to take that away from (laughs) from them because the actor, unfortunately, is not here with us. And I don't think Chad would would want that either. Like he seemed like the type of guy. Obviously, look at he's a self set. He's like, no, I'm going to put the work in. It ain't about me. I don't want you feeling sorry for me. I'm going to handle my business. I'm a man. My family going to handle our business, but I'm going to get in this work. I want you to, 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 to love the art 
that I'm going to create. And I want you to look at it as a piece of art. I don't want you to look at it as some sympathy piece. Oh, well, he's sick. Let's go watch um, the, the Five Bloods because he's sick. He didn't even, he obviously was going through it in that movie, right? Didn't say nothing about it. Just went in and put in a dope-ass performance. He played a solid brother in that movie and said, nah, this is about this movie, man. I want them to feel the movie. I don't want them watching it. Oh, because he's sick. Let's support him. So he's not that type of dude. So I wouldn't think he would want Black Panther to be done as some tribute and then just cancel it out or shift the storyline in a weird direction, not because the story dictated, but because real life dictated. That's not storytelling. You, you, so I say you give him the tribute Obviously, you give him props through that movie, whether it's at the end of the movie or whatever it is. But the story must continue. I just feel like the story must go on. Our heroes to stand strong. We don't have to have our heroes die. And then we're supposed to nah, Fuck that. He just we could still be the man, too. You know, and we salute the actor who put in the work. But you don't stop the, the whole thing because the dude. No, we carry on. So I, I just think you, it should go. Now, I can understand people who want to. So you should, should hang it up. I, I do understand that. I'm simply, uh, sympathetic to that. Uh, with that said, Big Sexy, what are your thoughts? I think a lot of people, because this is still, you know, fresh in everybody's, you know, mind and hearts, I think a lot of people wanted to see on screen that that appreciation and love for Chad, Chadwick through the character. That's why I think a lot of people wanted to try to do like they did Iron Man at the, in the at Endgame and have that scene where all of the universe was there, you know, paying paying respects to him, you know. And but like you said though, that just would cheapen the story because in the next film, whatever it's going to be, you know, you can't come on just kill the guy in fifteen minutes just to satisfy that emotional reach. It does need to go on. You know, I and I've come around to your way of thinking. I, I was in the camp of, you know, let's let's put it to rest, but no. It needs to go on because that's what the story is. And as far as how or who should carry it yet, you know, I don't know. But it should go on. And at some point down the line, yeah, then they could do the Shuri Panther thing. Just like with Thor. You know, they, they're talking about doing the Jane Foster Thor, and Thor has had three films. So they didn't rush that. And they shouldn't rush what they're going to do, you know, with T'Challa either. Right. Yeah. But, what but if, as oh. far as Stark goes, assuming that they do have the Fantastic Four and the MCU, there is your new big brain, Reed Richards, who is smarter than Stark by a lot. Well, one of the things I did say is uh, I, I said maybe uh, I went a little too hard at Disney and Marvel with uh, the way that um, they haven't had a full plan for uh, <clears throat> for the success of Black Panther. Just me thinking that there's no way they didn't know about this. I just really, again, it's just me now. His family and his friends have come out and said nobody outside of his circle knew about this. I'm sorry. I'm still finding that hard to believe. And I just was thinking, like, okay, maybe we need to, I need to stall Disney out 
maybe the reason why there hasn't been this uh, a full on plan and why Black Panther two didn't get green lit till for twenty twenty two is because you know they're you know trying to be uh, respectful of him and giving him the time to you know get better and, and beat this now. I don't know. I I just really feel like I just cannot believe that you know some of the higher ups at Disney and and Marvel did not know, and that they were just taking their time to see. Okay, is he going to recover? How long is it going to take for him to be to recover to do this? Now I say that, and he did these other movies, but as we all know, there's one thing for you doing Black Panther, and there's another thing doing Twenty One Bridges. They they just ain't the same level. Right, and he did Endgame and Infinity War. I mean, so he's done. He's been doing a lot of stuff. But you know, they probably would never come out and say they knew anyway. <laughs> I don't know if that would be strategically make a lot of business sense for them to put that out there like that. But who, who knows? They know now, and I'm curious to see what they do. But I hope they continue forward. Uh, we need Black Panther to continue forward. That That's a big deal. Just... Imagine all the, you know, all the people that went out. Now, imagine how we're going to really show up and show out for the next one just for the respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, so now they really got something on their hands. They really. So this is a put a lot of, you know, I don't know. Pressure is the right word, but it's definitely going to put a lot on. Uh, what's, what's the young brother's name? The director? Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler and everybody involved. Like, we really got to step it up because now, you know, what I mean, like. It's even more important that we continue. They're going to judge judge the new T'Challa against Chadwick, and Chadwick's dead too. Of course. Yeah. But they're going to also probably, that's also going to bring a level of uh, it's okayness to it, where they're not going to be as judgmental because it's all right. We 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 come in, you we we know what you're stepping into. We have so much love for this movie before. We, now we got so much love for Chadwick and his passing, and we got so much love for y'all now that y'all can even come back. You know, it's like when uh, when the families de- dealt with the, uh, a family member that passed, and we're going to surround that family and show them a lot of love. I just think that's what's going to really happen. People are going to be like, man, I'm supporting this. I know it's hard. They got to redo, you know, come with somebody new, but I'm really going to show up, man, because we got to show them, the newcomer, a whole lot of love. So I guess whoever they do pick, if they do, I think people are going to be, you're going to see when they show, they're going to be clapping. You know, it's all, you got this. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> we're going to really pastor. show up and be like, man, you, you doing, you, you did your thing, brother. Yeah. Oh shit. And again, if they come with the same dopeness that they came as the first one and, and how it just was so impactful, it's, they're going to knock it out the, the park, man. Like they, they have to. Now they really got a lot just of, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do. Now, the question I have is, as we learned in um, Rise of Skywalker, that they had some um, unused scenes from not only The Last Jedi, but The Force Awakens. Do you think that they do have some unseen, some uh, deleted scenes of Chadwick? And what would be the response if they inserted that in or just to give one last, you know, applause to Chadwick as Black Panther? Give the audience one last look of Chadwick in the Black Panther costume. You mean inserted in the think, movie? Yeah, or do you think no? I don't see how that would all. make a story sense. Like, why would you yeah. have a different actor? No, I, I was just thinking, you know, just because as you were saying, you know, 
people wanted to come out and, you know, what they could do for tribute, you know. Oh, well, would they- well yeah. Uh, if, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, I think they did that already on, they had some kind of special on TV or something. But, well, yeah, of course, you could have some thing at the end. I, I would assume every movie's got uncut scenes, so they would have footage. Yeah, definitely. I just don't think you do that in the movie. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't put that in the movie. Well, you but. could do it at the at the credits at the, over the end credits. Right, as I said, at the end or something like. Or they did a whole thing before it was just a small little tribute piece. But again, they've done that already. But yeah, I could see them doing that. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't. You wouldn't do that within the movie though. It would make no story sense at all and it would be confusing. But yeah, we'll see what they do. I think they should continue and uh, you know salute to everybody involved and hopefully they find somebody i i know they find somebody there's there's dope actors out there i would hesitate not going with these big name known actors just because they just you'd be focused on them as opposed to the character in my opinion and and we weren't focused on nobody but t'challa when he played it he was unknown to most people and i think that makes it a world of difference but if you pulled in like the will smith then that's will smith and you can't escape like oh let's see what you know what i mean like it just doesn't, it's just too much. He's too big. You know what I mean? He just, he brings too much of who he is to it. Even if he knocks it out of the park, you still know that's Will Smith. You see that as Will Smith initially. You're not going to see it as Black Panther. I just think that would be, I don't know I about agree. that. He brings too much yeah. of his own baggage. Yeah. yeah. It's just good for good or bad. It, yeah. Yeah. You know. Same with Wesley. Like, I would love, then if that's the case, then you can just make Wesley Blade. How about that? You don't need to, you don't need to be T'Challa. He can just be Blade. But, Again, it's just too much. We already know that person. You know, we need a fre- almost a fresh, a freshy type face. Is that a freshy? Um, but we'll see. Um, speaking of movies, and we'll get off. The last thing is, oh, I had a um, a prediction about movies. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of movie theaters are not open, but we are seeing that Hollywood is starting to move forward anyway. In releasing new movies. So we had New Mutants came out last weekend. So thank you. You saw that movie, uh, Aunt Pooh, is that right? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. What was your quick thoughts on it? My quick thoughts was I liked it. I'd, I'd give it a three and a half, maybe three three 3.25. I liked it. I liked the story that they were telling. It's just that they didn't hit it out the park. I like the fact that it wasn't some superhero movie. We got to save the day. It was a, uh, it was a sl- uh, lower stakes, and you were still trying to figure out everything that was going on inside of this uh, asylum medical facility. And then there was a larger threat that uh, Moonstar um, was bringing in with them to the New Mutants. Um, so for me, I like the fact that they diverted from what they normally did and took a, a horror take on this, a, a horror thriller take on this. But I think they definitely could have did it uh, much better. Maybe gotten better actors. I mean, again, you, you're only dealing with, with your budget and maybe tighten up the, the writing just a tad bit to make it. Um, it, it really felt self-contained. Like it was a, uh, it was a self-contained um, comic book story throughout the 100-issue uh, series. But okay. I think it's worth watching. It's just, it's not, it's not a game changer. Uh, I, I, well, well, let me ask you this. I haven't seen the movie. I've seen all of the other X-Men movies. Is it any better or worse than some of the other movies with Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse? Better. Oh, interesting. Well, the, the one thing 
I, I've kept finding it hard. Now that I'm looking back on it, I'm thinking, like, I don't remember them using their powers much. They, they, they would showcase them, like, oh, here's Cannonball, and he does that. And, and, but then when it came time, like, there were spoilers. There's no big fight scene. There isn't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're coming into an X-Men expe- expecting, um, the, now our powers combined, let's take down the big baddie. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the thing. It's, it's close. There you go. It's closer to Logan, how that played out. Again, far less powers being used. Okay. It was it the worst movie? Like, kind of people thought it was going to nah, be. Like, oh. No, the thing is, to me, I think it's more so a culture shock of what you're thinking of a teen superhero comic book film supposed to be. But the 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 theme and the tone of the story, I really like. It's just that they needed to do a little bit. I think they could have cast it better and a little bit more writing to really bring it to really tighten it all up. Okay. All right. I, I'll probably check it out at some point. I, hopefully it hits like Disney Plus or something. But yeah. with that said, yeah. you know, so that came out uh, this week. Tenet, the big Christopher Nolan movie, comes out. And I think, in my opinion, I think I see what could happen with the movie industry. You know, uh, all the time, and it's always been a big thing for, for a long time, they would always, you know, uh, Sunday or Monday would always be like, okay, here's the top 10 movies and here's how much they made. And probably in the last 10 years, that has really been the big thing. Like, you know, because you got these movies that are doing billion dollar box office, you know, just blowing it out, especially Marvel, really killing it. And that was a, that's a big thing. Like it was always, how much money, you know, how much money did the movie cost? You know, it's it such a big talking points of the movies. And I personally think that was made to be that way. Cause it's, it's especially a form of marketing. Actually, it serves their purpose for you to think like that. And they, they positioned it to, we associate the success of the box office with the success of the movies, right? That's just how we've been conditioned. And a lot of American based products, particularly entertainment have been presented to us that way. And I say presented to us that way for a reason. But now that COVID has COVID-19 has come and has shut down a lot of theaters, I could see the movie industry going the way the music industry has went. And I'll explain. The music industry used to be the exact same way. The sales numbers, that was the thing. Like, oh, can't we if the billboard comes out, if the sound scan numbers are dropping, how much did, you know, first week thrillers, I mean, not thriller, Michael Jackson sold this or, you know, such and such group did that, blah, blah, blah. Backstreet Boys did a million in a, in a, in a day or whatever. That was a huge thing. And that was presented to us to equate that if everybody else bought it, then you got to go get it. it. It must be good because it is the number one. They sold the most, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as Napster and the MP3 and all that wave came and people stopped buying records like that, you notice they stopped focusing on how many records were sold. They used to make a point to present those numbers to us every week. And that was, it was very easy to find those numbers. It was news, press releases, and, and that, that was how the game was sold to us, was based on those numbers. But as soon as it stopped being that way in terms of people buying, you notice how they didn't let you see those numbers no more. You have to really dig to see how many actual 
units were sold on a release to the point where they stopped putting those numbers out in the public. Uh, the only way you could really find those numbers, it was if you were in the industry and I think, I can't think of the publication. It's like a radio thing or something. And you had to pay to be in that to get those numbers. And they took that out of the public equation. Not because those numbers did not exist. Of course, they have a sound scan. They know to a T how much those numbers were. But it began to not serve their purpose to have the narrative be about that because the numbers were dramatically different. And they've had conditioned us to think that if this thing sold this amount of numbers, it was good. And, and me as a Prince fan, I know we always, oh, what's the numbers? And you notice, started to notice that it started to get harder and harder to, to, what were the numbers? No one's talking about. And then they realize, oh, yeah, he only sold like you know, 100,000 or it's 20,000. Like, huh? There's no way a major artist like that can only, yeah, the game is different. Money's made other places. But they took that out of the equation. And you'd be hard pressed to find numbers about music releases now. And of course, now it's about streaming. And then they try to go with the streaming numbers sort of tally. But of course, those are all numbers. You don't know who's streaming. You know, you can't really take that. You take that with a grain of salt. So the numbers thing is out. I think movies may sort of move into that because there's no way in hell you think that you think it's going to be in their best interest for to lead to you that you're so used to thinking if it's not a billion dollars or, you know, oh, 300 million the first weekend, if they sit there and tell you, uh, yeah, Tenet only made $30 million, you would think they're going to lead, they want you to lead with that. They're not going to push that. So I, I can see them as things start to move forward. They're going to dial back releasing those numbers. And the only numbers you're going to really get is speculative numbers. But I don't think you're going to see these companies, the movie industry, push that to us anymore. Not that the movies aren't good. It's just that there's just no way they're going to get those numbers for quite a bit of time. To, because we still, uh, you know, oh, you, you didn't do a billion and then you ain't successful like Marvel. You know, hey, Marvel ain't going to be doing a billion either. I guarantee you, they're not doing a billion. Uh, matter of fact, right, Disney put that movie out, Mulan, this weekend on Disney+. Plus. Now, I'd be very curious if they release the numbers <laughs> to us next week or whatever, or, or, or Monday, why would they do that? That's their internal numbers. Nobody else can verify what those numbers are except for Disney. So there ain't no sound scan. It's just all speculative. Uh, I bet you we'll start to see that part of the game pushed way to the back. Uh, it's the same way when trolls and all those came out. Yeah, there was initial numbers being presented, but there was no way to actually verify what those numbers were because, as we all know, the same with the Netflix and them. They ain't really, they'll tell you, yeah, it was the most viewed on our thing, but they ain't gonna tell you the actual numbers, and there's no way to verify. So they could be lying. And and they're not, you know, Apple. I don't know if they release the actual numbers. They just tell you what a number, but they don't know if it's fake streams and all that. So I think the movie industry is going to start to move away from that. And I'd be curious to what they use as the marketing tool then. Are they just going to just purely go on the quality of the movie or do they have to have something that we equate to success? Because I'd be curious to see what happens with this tenant, which is a major release. But even if everybody did go to the movie theater, still going to be very low numbers than what we think. 
And but but with that said, this is something interesting. I was because I was looking at some of the box office. Um, like the new mutants came out last week. I think it only did like was it seven million or something like that. Now some people will write that off and say, "Well, that movie wasn't gonna," be, you know, there's so much bad press about it. Okay, sure. Tenant came out overseas last week, and I want to say I don't have. It. Oh, I'm looking at the thing. Uh, the soft, it did like nine million in China, which they consider the soft uh, box office for tenant. But here's the thing, and it'll be curious to see between the difference between the American market and other places. There's a movie in China that came out uh, August 28th. You know how much money that movie has made so far? Versus a movie like Tenet, which I think did like 30 million in China in the first week or something. There's a movie called The 100. Came out in China, August 28th. That movie currently is sitting at $277 million. Damn. Whoa. <laughs> and that's in the COVID world. It's a war movie. Uh, quite apparently like a big spectacle type of movie that you know you got to see on the big screen and, and but it's about China uh, I think the Shanghai battle that happened it's an on code type of war epic movie but they're going out like it ain't like they're going out to that like it's Star Wars or a Marvel movie with the restrictions I, I'd be curious so obviously so on one hand there are people going to go to the movies to see something that is China. It could be different in America, but I, but I'd be, but I never heard of this here in the States. I assume it in, in, in the movie industry's statewide interest to tell us about this. Cause then we would be like, well, how come our movies ain't, ain't hitting like that again? Cause we, we, we equate the success of the box office with the movie must be good. And if they got movies out there that are blowing American movies out of the water, they ain't going to lead with that story. They don't, why would they want you to think that then we think our movies are trash? So I, 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 I saw so a whole point is to say, I bet you they'll move away from this, this whole box office number deal. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start holding those numbers back too. but go ahead. What's confusing me that I don't get is I don't understand. Why did they release tenant? Did they, I, I get that there's no real um, timeline to normalcy where, um, the films will be able to perform at pre-COVID levels. But at the same time, I'm sure he's put tons of money into this film. Aren't you going to try to get your return on your investment? Why? Are, I, I just don't understand why are they putting it out now where there's, uh, there's really a cap on how much money they can make off of this. Well, then I guess the question, but then when do you put it out? Like how long can they just hold on to these movies Shit, you know look at mean? Netflix. Apparently, three years because uh, what was the Power Project or Project Power that that was shot two years ago? Yeah, but there was no promotion on that movie, and it, you know, I mean, no one knew about it. They just kept it on the shelf, just been kept on the shelf. They didn't spend any marketing. I mean, they remember they had already marketed, started marketing this movie a while ago. They've already spent millions of dollars promoting it, and it was a worldwide release, not just something on, you know, on, on TV here. So they've already been spending millions of dollars around the world to, to hype this movie. At what point then do you put it out? Do you think that the movies are going to turn around by a year from now today? That they'll, if you put a movie out a year from now, you'll get the return that you, I mean, no one, I don't know how they know or who, who knows. 
And I guess they're like, shit, we got to do something. We have to have some money coming in. You know, maybe they can make, again, that's what I'm saying. We equate the success of these movies based on the narrative that at the end of the week, it has to make a certain amount because that's what we've been told. But that doesn't necessarily mean that is the facts of their business. They may be like, well, actually, yeah, okay. Let's say it does 50 million in China. We put it out in America. It does another 40 million. And then we put it out on VOD. It makes another, who knows, $30 million or whatever. I mean, they may be making more money than we know about. I mean, obviously, we don't know what makes the success of their movies because we ain't in that business. But maybe they, that, that's why I'm saying, when you look at Marvel or DC, I mean, Marvel, but Sony, I'm, saying, ah, I'm tripping. When you look at Disney, they said, let's put this Mulan out. We're not going to hold that back. Now, they could be saying, let's test it. And you think they can just test a couple hundred million dollar movie like that? But this, maybe they know we're going to make our money. We'll put it out in China. States will put it out on the streaming. People will pay $30. Maybe they know that this is how much these movies really need to make to be successful to us as opposed to the numbers and narrative that we've been pushing. You know, they're not splitting the movie with the theaters here. So it's a purely just, that's their $30, right? Plus you paying them $7, the other, to be a part of it. They could be making good money on these movies. We just have no idea. What are we really basing it on? We're just basing it off of box office, what we've been told week after week. That We don't really know, you know, what's the, what's the shelf life of these movies? You know, does it make this amount this year? And then they know that projection-wise each year it makes a certain amount of money all the time. Or does it just like a one and done thing? So I, I don't know. I mean, the game is going to have to change because they don't, you know, how, how long do you hold back and you're not making any money? You're not putting out no product, but you spent all these years, you spent 200 million, maybe 500 million all told with promotion. And now you're not going to even release nothing. I don't know how, again, maybe they have to start making moves. Like, you know, business has to move forward. And you, and you have to retool your marketplace. You're not going to just pause. It'd be just like if you had a business that was a storefront and it's, man, it's, there's nobody coming to buy stuff. You just close your business and wait for the coast to clear. Some people got money that they can do that. Some people are like, man, it's, nah, we, we got to keep operating. We just got to figure out a different way how to do this. Maybe we sell the shit online or curb service or something, but we can't just close it up. So I don't know. I just think that they have to, they must obviously feel like they got to keep moving forward. You know, I just think that's why I say, I think they may have to retool to the audience. What we think is success. We think they can't release these movies because they ain't going to do billions of dollars at the theater. But obviously they must have a different game plan because they're moving forward. Now, some of these movies, they they holding off, right? Wonder Woman, they still holding off. But how long do you think they're going to hold off on them? And maybe they're watching Disney to see what happens with that Mulan. Like, shit. They're making some money over there, man. You know what? <laughs> Let's get this shit out here. And it, they, that could change the economics of the game. Maybe they realize people will pay $30 to sit at home and watch a movie. There's really, 
there isn't much of a case study to show that. So maybe this might be that case study to show. Yeah, well, yeah, let's do it. They did it with trolls. Okay, now now a big dog is doing. It. So I I don't know. I just think we're gonna we're starting to see a different thing. But but at the same point, you will see that there are movies that we know nothing about here domestically that are killing the game. Right? Like I said, that movie, The 800, they doing big numbers and they ain't even playing over here. So there's a whole other market out there, obviously. But anyway, you guys still with me? You guys are super quiet. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I uh, think oh, go ahead, go ahead. the lack of... <laughs> Uh, musically, that is the lack of you know sales numbers. That's been reflective in the huge drop in gold and platinum certifications lately too. I mean, the singles are still doing what singles do, mm -hmm. but as far as albums go, no, not a lot. And, and didn't they sort of change the rules a little bit on? Yeah, what, don't you, yeah. Gotta, you know, <laughs> adjust it for streaming, and, right? Which is bullshit, you know the. But see, you know why they do that? Well, in my opinion, why they do that? Because they know, they've conditioned us to think like, oh, we want gold and platinum. It's, yep. If they yep. can't say there's no gold and platinum, then we don't think it's a success. So they got to change the rules to meet that marketing that it, we got to say it's a gold album. So man, just change the numbers and let's include that because we still got to have that's we like, trained those people to think that's important. So you know, eight streams is worth X amount of sales. Right out of here. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the movies they've some you know they'll do the same thing. That's what I'm saying. They just well, what if we just take the numbers out of the equation? <laughs> we don't have to answer to that no more. <laughs> and and then again, if it's all internal, we can say whatever number we want to say. I mean, how can they really call us on that shit? You know, how can they really call out? Was that Universal that did Trolls? Like, unless you see their receipts, you don't know what they sold. Like, they could tell you whatever they sold. They could tell you the high end of the projection, but the actual receipts could be something totally different. But who's there's no outside service that they need to tell their numbers to. Ain't no sound scan. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they and I think that's why you see, I think even Disney does this, Disney Plus. They have the top 10, you know, what's streaming right now. It doesn't like on uh, have you noticed on your Netflix they have the the they'll list the top ten movies when you yeah. scroll. I think they do that because again, they understand the conditioning of the public and they have to be able to show something to equate to the success and it's gotta be some sort of chart. But they, but you notice what they don't show on that? They're not gonna show you how many actual streams is on. <laughs> they're just gonna show you like this one is at number one, this one's at number two, but they're gonna show you the actual numbers. Because that ain't in their best interest. So they're like, yeah, just give them something. And if you notice, I would imagine most of those that be on the top 10 are the Netflix shows. So they, it's all positioned to make them look like they're winning. But again, they gonna eliminate that. We're so used to seeing the actual numbers. They're going to eliminate that shit. Fuck. You don't need to. That's not good. It's not good business anyway. Like somebody was counting your money. You don't want them to see your actual money that you got. You just want to know that you winning. That's it. <laughs> so they like yeah fuck that huh? don't show them no real numbers just... <laughs> so I, that makes sense to, I, I get that part of the game they have to give us some sort of chart that's just how we've been conditioned to, to equate things but anyway 
Um, what else do we got? With that being Go said, with Mulan, I watched it last night with my oldest daughter, and I have to admit, I really, really liked it. I enjoyed it. Now, watching this story about ancient China and the imperial kingdom fighting off uh, someone who wanted revenge uh, for the death of his father, I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way this movie's going to perform well in China because I was thinking, like, okay, this is good, and as an American, this is this is uh, I, I'm not, I'm getting being blown away by the action, by the story, by the authenticity allegedly of these uh, Chinese actors portraying this Chinese stories. But I'm like in China, I know they got to look at this like okay, this is some bullshit. We we been at these stories. Hmm. Overall, the acting was good. Um, the the uh, actress who played Milan, she did her thing with the actions, uh, with the action scenes. Um, I saw my boy Donnie Yen, he was in it. I'm just thinking, like, how do you have Donnie Yen in here and you don't give him more action scenes? So I was a little disappointed by that, but I, it wasn't about him and his characters, about uh, Mulan. They don't have the dragon in there, in case y'all didn't know. No, there's no cameo. There's nothing that makes you uh, think back to uh, the dragon's name was Mushu, that was played by um, Eddie Murphy. He ain't in it. Kind of disappointed, but and what makes it even interesting is the fact that they do have magic in uh, and sci- and uh, fantasy within the film, but they just don't have this talking dragon, talking lizard character. I highly recommend it. You got girls, definitely watch it with your daughters. At the end, I, to me, I felt like they needed one more scene. Okay, the story is. 30 years old, so I'm not spoiling anything. Well, I've never seen it, so don't spoil that for me. I've never um, seen any of it. Well, for me, I wanted one more scene of Mulan. It just kind of went to black, and I'm like, wait a minute, we're not going to see the aftermath? Okay. How did you but, How did you feel? I mean, did you feel a certain way paying the money to buy that, or are you cool with it? Was it worth it? Yeah. I think we should move off from that. So you you didn't think it was worth the thirty dollars? No, I didn't. Paid thirty dollars. Oh, okay. So that's what wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> Put him on the spot. <laughs> yeah, you know, find our ways. Um, but yeah, here's the thing: because it was only just two of us that wanted to see it. If all of us wanted to see it, absolutely, there was no other alternative. Absolutely, it it makes sense. There, you know, thirty bucks for five people, and you don't have to pay for. Uh, and it's yours. Concessions. Yeah, it stays in perpetuity. As long nope. as you have an account on the thing, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't see any problem. My daughter has the issues. Like, why don't we do that? And I said I don't want to, but if I had to, yeah, I would. Because I mean, it's like I said when I take y'all to the movies, I'm I'm out sixty seventy dollars. Because y'all got to have a hot dog with popcorn. Shit. Go, yeah. Get your hot dogs at home. You put them in fucking wrap, wrap them up in paper towel. Say, shit. You had two of them motherfuckers. Huh? How about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> my dogs at the theaters were like eight, nine dollars yeah. for, yeah. for one dog. You can get a whole pack of them motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do be thinking, like, you know, I go to 99 cent store and get a pack of eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want seven? We stopped at we stopped at the Seven Eleven on our way. That's what I started doing with the candies and whatnot. That's yeah, what man, I started shit. doing. I'm like, make sure you bring your purse. We can do this. There you go. Get your bag. <laughs> put these in your pocket now. 
Shit. Bring a jacket, nigga. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but if you are on the fence of whether to buy this or not, and you can't find other means, it's worth the thirty bucks. I'll say, I'll tell you that. Okay, it's definitely worth. It. It's it, a good film, and that's an interesting thing because it's actually thirty bucks until they just add it to the regular lineup of Disney Plus. Then it will. Then it'll just be a part of the regular subscription. So you're kind of paying to see it early, so, you know. And I hey. I have no. I wouldn't have any problem with that. I I wouldn't probably wouldn't have seen this movie anyway. So I don't know if I'm gonna actually watch it. But let let me be be clear. If it was some new Marvel or Star Wars movie and they did like that, oh, I'm day one dollars. I ain't. I wouldn't bat an eye. You know. So yeah. I I, I, I matter of fact, I've said it many times. I want them to <laughs> offer the next. Was it Black Widow? Please, I buy it. No questions asked. Uh, but I would say, you know, offer it at theaters too for people who want to see it there, you know. Why I'd be not? like, we watch, I'm going to tell them, I'm like, we watch this every day for the next seven days. We're going to get our money's worth. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And, man, and speaking back at the concessions and movies, man, anybody else used to do, you guys got the Five Guys burgers out there? In yeah. Cal- in California? They use we got Five Guys pizza here, but Five Guys burgers. pizza, interesting. But uh, yeah, the burger joint. There's it was well, it still is right next to the theater. So man, me and my sister, we just walk. We go in Five Guys, order up our burger with the fries, and they give that big bag. Nick, she had her bag. We put that in her bag. Get our ticket. Walk up in there, unwrap them bitches. I know people were smelling that. Like what? How, where you got? Hey, they next door, Playboy. Because yeah. you can get because that burger they sell was like what. I don't know, nine, ten dollars maybe all together for the pack. But if you to try to get that in the theater, which it ain't gonna even be on that level food wise, yeah, you'd be probably probably fifteen bucks or something. And it ain't even uh, that good. There was a a Quiznos next door to our uh, okay. to the theater I went to. I remember one time we stopped in and uh, we got long. the prime rib sandwich and I forgot what I got. I just remember the prime rib and I'm like, Yeah, let's do that. I'm down with it. Yeah. All you do is you you get that and you just ask the homie in the back, hey, can you cut that up into three parts and wrap each one individually that foot long, <laughs> chop it up into three sections. <laughs> here yours go, here you go, and here you go. Put that in your pocket. Come on. And get a can of pop. You get your you have your your, your six pack at home, the, the little mini cans, put that in your pocket, <laughs> you good. I'm trying to save America's money. Exactly. I cannot lie. Back when I saw Sign of the Times in the theater, I stopped by Taco Bell and got loaded up there on Burrito Supremes. There you go. <laughs> Shoot. A yeah, real cool theater would have a microwave inside it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the new thing. You pay to use the microwave. Yeah, like, hey, the microwave is $5. You can bring your shit from home, heat it up. I'm good. <laughs> This is black owned theater. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Got, gotcha. yeah. I mean, that's why. Other other than all the people who work in these individual theaters, that's who I feel bad. These executives. I'm like, no, get out, because you guys. Again, I keep saying it. The Napster popped off. They should have seen the writing on the wall that digital and at home was going to get them, and and y'all still trying to price gouge us on tickets and concessions. Come on. I am. When you don't produce anything, all you do, you get the content. You don't make it. Well, I mean, hey, that's that's always been the game. And and salute to my guy, 
Master P he said products don't talk back. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't mad. I, I, I started, you know, I was like, man, you know what? He's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's got some uh, knowledge, my, my, man. <laughs> my simple minded ass, I need an explanation behind that. Help me. Well, you know, he came out with he's got his Master P Rice and all these other products versus, you know, doing putting out artists and all this other stuff. Oh, you know, okay. okay. got to deal with on renegotiating with the rice and, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the grits talking back. They don't want to work. Nah, man. <laughs> Shit's on the shelf. Making money. But, um, do interviews. Yeah, exactly. So, um, last one, I think. Oh, uh, we, we got to at least talk about. Oh, another prediction. You know, I was just thinking about. I mean, right now we got all these protests and just. This is people getting killed out here. You know, had the kid that shot up people. Where was that in Wisconsin? We had that yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Then there was just another guy locally who got killed. He had he had shot a supposedly a, a, a Trump supporter killed him, and then they just killed the suspect. And that happened here in Washington. And I was talking to a talk to my guy Tobias. Shout out to Tobias. And I was like, man. If if you would have told me a few years ago that there'd be white people in the streets killing each other, all in the name of, you know, black people, <laughs> I would think you was crazy. I'd be like, man, stop it. What are you talking about? But that's what's going on. I mean, it's, it's sad that you see all these killings at these protests and stuff and these white people shooting other white people. And they're out here supposedly for Black Lives Matter and this and that and the third. And I'm just like, man, this is wild. We're in wild times. And I was like, man, this is a very interesting time where there's, you know, it's the beat was a BLM. Black Lives Matter is really, it's been around for a while, but now it's really being out there. And you, you, from both sides, you got people's, it's a terrorist movement and people know this is a great movement. You know, I'm seeing all these corporations and just regular people that are really pushing Black Lives Matter and salute, salute to them. I'm not mad at that. Uh, and I was like, man, I, I wonder if this was like hip hop was like in the 80s. Remember in hip hop in the, the golden era, you had Public Enemy and X-Clan. Um, Heed the words of the brother. It, yeah, it was a real, real conscious, you know, Karis One, Queen Latifah, Ladies First, really was Black Power. That was when Black Power, you know, um, Farrakhan and the, the Nation of Islam was very much being pushed it, through hip hop. And that was a great time. And we, a lot of times we always look back, man, hip hop went to that, went back to that, you know, went to, and, you know, and what came right after that? What, what changed it up? You know, the gangster stuff really came to, and that was really pushed to the forefront. And then of course the industry became even bigger and it just went to higher depths to where we are right now. Right. And I always say, I was like, man, what, and some people will say, man, I think that that was systematically done to get, you know, they don't want that sort of black power movement. That, that would, that's not, that's not something they can control per se and market that, you know, let's put this other stuff out there, whether you choose to believe that or not here or there. But I started thinking, I was like, but things do go in waves. And I was like, I wonder if this stuff right now, man, and I hope this isn't true, but I'm just kind of on my old man thinking. I hope that this current wave that we're seeing right now, I'm like, you know what? I said, what's going on right now 
is back in the 80s when everyone had their black medallions. I remember everybody had to yet have your black medallion and, you know, oh, the do the right thing T-shirts and the X hat. And that was the fashion. I was popular. I see this kind of the sound. I'm curious to see where this goes. I'm like, right now, it's, this is popping on a mainstream level because it's not just black people doing it. It's everybody. And I'm like, that's what you literally got white cats in the streets shooting themselves down because of Black Lives Matter. Some could say it's the fashionable thing to do now. You see a lot of people pushing that out on social media. A lot of corporations is doing it because it makes business sense. I'm like, this is the Black Medallion era. It's just now they doing that. They take it to another level. But what happened to the Black Medallion, Black Power era back then? The rest, you had the birth of the gangsterism and that culture took over. And I was like, I was telling my man Tobias, I said, man, I hope, this, I hope it don't happen like this, but what you think's coming next, man? Because if you really think, and, and now listen, maybe we really are in another social, uh, a civil rights phase where things would be different. But I'd be curious to see if it moves out of fashion to be BLM and they, they gunning each other down. Once, once it just, what happens if there's a new gangsterism wave that comes that is really pushed? Now, it may not be gangsterism as we know it, but what if the alt-rights and all these types of groups, the response would be, just as gangsterism, like, what did Ice Cube say? Self-destruction and don't pay the fucking rent. You know, and he was kind of coming in with his thing. What are the, you know, BLM and all that destroying this country? We're going to take this, let's hit the streets and take it back. Any, you know, that gangsterism comes in and then moves to the focus to that. And it ain't going to be no more Black Lives Matter. That's going to be looked at. Man, that was back then. That's corny. We're going to come hardcore in your face. Bringing smoke to the streets. And that's going to be the popular thing. And that's going to be the push, the wave of, you know, you're going to start seeing the, 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 the music going to start being reflective of that. They're going to have a resurgence. Yeah, hip hop is played out now. Y you see the, what's his name? Takashi. He literally snitched on people and put them in prison. But what happens if there's a sort of a movement of that where he's sort of not necessarily a part of the quote-unquote culture, but he's a part of this other culture but has that same energy. But I'm pushing, uh, we're going to ride on these BLM. Which, you know, really, we're going to ride on these black folks. <laughs> we're, not, we're not going for that. Look up. And and you have what should be different from this from back then is you actually have the highest levels of people in power and government pushing that mandate, supporting that mandate as well. And it, and and it, and it's a it's a whole different landscape and wave out there where we don't have to hide this shit no more. We're gonna ride just as hard as the mindset road for the chronic. Compton's most want, you know what I mean? Just that, that mindset of 
Oh, oh, they sagging. It's not just in L.A. They sagging all over now. Everybody's gangs would have, you know, DJ Quick had the song Just Like Compton was about him going across the country to other cities and realizing they was just as gangster as it was back in South Central. That shit has spread all over the place. Ice Cube had a song, My Summer Vacation. We're talking about, you know, woke up six in the morning in Seattle because it was, it was just as popping over there. And St. Louis niggas want their corner back. Well, Wisconsin, you know, redneck motherfuckers turned up in L.A. It's the same. We going hard now. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I hope we don't see the new, the next wave come. And you'll be like, man, I remember when we used to have Black Lives Matter. And I guess it wasn't really, it was just a fashionable thing. It wasn't a real, nothing really came out of that. Cats started dying and then the next wave came and they went full hardcore. They was, and we, and we, in the next six, seven years is on some hardcore gangster, good old boys. You're starting to see. Didn't you just have a caravan of, they was riding through Portland and one of them got shot, but it's, it's coming out in the open. So what if they start riding down on all the cities? Like, you know what? They, they, they ride in all these cities. We got to take back America. Let's ride. So that's why I'm like, man, we got, that's why I'm like, you protest during the daytime, but be clear. They out here gunning people down. Now they gunning themselves down in the name of protecting you. But how long you think that's going to go? <laughs> how long you think that's going to go? They ain't going to be just gunning themselves down. And it's not going to. And if you think that black lives matter, all the white kids, you don't think they're going to keep pushing that? You know how things change? What happens when they get tired of that? That ain't fashionable no more. And it goes the other way. They've already shown you they're willing to pull the trigger. And you got people blasting people and they say it's self-defense. You know, the highest level of government. He said, man, that, that little boy, he, they was trying to kill him. He's just protecting himself. So they give them passes. You ain't, you ain't seen none of them say, well, that black boy, he shot them people down. He was just doing self-defense. Nah, be, so I'm just saying, you better be careful. And... uh Peep the game. That's all I'm saying. Peep game. I, I could be this conspiracy theorist or, or cynical or whatever, but I'm just giving you my, some of my thoughts, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm curious to see where this thing going to go. Because uh, I don't know, man. History show us shit to change up. And we ain't necessarily been on the winning end of these change ups. And, and I'll be shocked if we are now. Maybe we will be. But just look at the I just say, look at the history. You can look at all of these police shootings that have been popular and go trace back where it became popular. Eric Garner was what? 2014. Okay. Just about. Yeah. Uh, Michael Brown was when? 2014. I think that was 2015. Yeah. 2014. Uh, Tamir Rice. <laughs> 2014, Freddie Gray, 2015, Sandra Bland, 2015, Phil Castile, 2016, Alton Sterling, 2016. Now, if all of that happens, 
and I'm not shitting on him when I say this. I salute him. But if all of that happens under Obama, what you think going to happen <laughs> under Trump? <laughs> we was catching hell back when it was, if I, was, if I say it the way they push it, under Biden's terms or presidency. <laughs> I'm, na- I'm neither no... I'm neither Republican or Democrat. I'm just an American. I'm just looking at, man, we was getting gunned down. Either one of these cats is watch. So what you talking about? That's all I'm trying to say. You better pull everybody's coats and ask some questions. Cause it's sound going like down. You asking for some, sound like you asking for a handout. No, nah, I'm just asking for, let's keep it a buck. I'm 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 asking I'm an American first. That's I'm black American. I'm just an American. I'm neither like I said I ain't a Republican or Democrat. Both of them got me getting our people getting blasted down. So I can't really. So all of this when I see Trump talking about oh this is under no nigga this under Trump's America currently people getting blasted under the previous we was getting blasted. So common denominators we getting blasted. So you can miss me with all of the this under this. Nah, because either way, uh, I, I, that'd be the first question I'd ask Biden. I'd say, Listen, Biden, I'm, and to be clear, I'm voting for Biden. <laughs> but if he was to come out of his mouth and say, well, this under Trump's America, say that, well, I'm ready to give America back to you. But actually under your America, all those killings happened that I just described. What was your agenda then? What's different? What you going to do different? now that you didn't do back then when we was getting blasted. Now, I'm going to vote for you anyway, but I can ask you a question, can I? No, apparently you can't. Apparent. So in the same way I would say for Trump, listen, man, they sh- it's hell out here. You, you stroking the flames of this shit. So don't tell me about the, it's going down currently right now in your America, just as it was going down back then. So which one of y'all is it? What, who, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just an American, man. And I'm not trying to see us getting blasted out here. So somebody, that's why I'm asking, what's the agenda? Because when I give my vote for Biden, November, if I look back on history, unless they're saying something different, it's going to be exactly it was back in 2004, 2015, 2016, like my man Pac said, all I'm seeing is black blood dripping. So what's the difference? What 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 you gonna well, do? Well, you're not. He's not gonna be overtly racist. So that's progress, right? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> he's not racist. Listen, I'm not bad. I'm bashing them both. I'm telling you I'm voting for Biden, so I don't want to hear the whining and crying. I'm giving you the, the, the hand. I'm giving you my, you know, my hand here. I'm giving you the power. Now, I, I say that to be clear. I live in Washington State, which is a Democrat all the way. So whether I voted for him or not, as long as they keep the electrical system going, the state of Washington is going Democrats, baby. That's, that is what it is. But, I, but I'm going to choose to give, because I know people want to hear symbolically. So I'm going to actually lift the thing and vote. So let's take that off the table. That's a given. Let's just deal with the realities. Who's going to stop the bloodshed? How do we change that from happening? That's all I'm asking. That's why I say, that's why I'm making a point to say, I'm voting Biden, because I want to leave that 
excuse off the table. <laughs> you dig? Let's just give. Okay, here, I'm going to give that to you now. You got that right? Here's your cookie. <laughs> I'm voting this way. Now I'm going to ask some. Now let's get to the issues. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, Black Lives Matter and all that. That's cool. As long as it can change what's going on today and what had happened last time, that's what I'm waiting to get to. Because, like I said, man, uh, it's to the point now where you got people killing themselves out on the streets, arguing and fighting. They basically gangbanging out in the streets on racial issues. And it's supposed to be for the benefit of black lives. I mean, just say that sounds funny. You would never have thought that. You, you mean, tell me, white people be down here gangbanging for us? Oh, okay. I guess it was a different time. What's next? That's all I'm asking. What's next? So hopefully they got an answer for that. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what's going on in my head. I want to know where, where is this going? What's that old movie? Uh, the Creeps. The Night of the Creeps. Thrill me. <laughs> Thrill me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> <I want> <laughs> but anyway, any thoughts from the, the round table here? Nah, you make some really great points. And this is why I keep saying, you no, know, not voting for Trump. Yes, I probably will end up voting for Biden. That does not mean I cannot clown him when he definitely no, deserves not. it. Yeah. It does not mean that I cannot call out his record. The dude has writ has authored a number of legislation that negatively affected the black community. And to make it worse, he does not admit that it was wrong, that it did this. There's no, you, you can't even give us the lip service of apologizing. Instead, you want to, you want your, I'm white and I say so. No, nah, it actually didn't do that. It was the state. All right. So the state is the problem, even though it was a federal law you created and got voted. But I'm wrong for pointing that out. And I'm wrong. I'm also wrong for trying to hold his feet to the fire that no, Mr. White Man, you do not get to determine my blackness because I just, uh, I'm wavering on whether to vote for you versus somebody else. These are all valid criticism that if I'm sorry, Sean, Sean Christopher. Yeah, I'm put you out there. If <laughs> me bringing these things up is going to affect people's enthusiasm for voting, then that candidate has far bigger issues, far bigger issues. And as minute turns to hour, hours turns to days, days to week. Biden's campaign is looking a little Hillary-ish. And we saw how that ended. So, yeah, you need to have some answers. Yeah, you need to have a black agenda, especially when you see seeing people like Ice Cube saying, where's the black agenda? When you got Tariq on his ass about the black agenda. When you're seeing people turn it up and saying, okay, um, Biden, we see your record. What you going to do to make amends for what you did and how you going to be different from Trump and all you got is, well, you ain't black. We need something. Getting not, rid of Trump. Yeah, go what ahead. was that? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Getting rid of Trump is not the end of the world. Because as you just pointed out, Mike, we was getting shot in the streets under Obama. 
So we get you in there to undo the bullshit that Trump did. What do you want to do to to address these issues that specifically are affecting the black community? And and, and let me be clear. I give Obama props. Like I think the Affordable Care Act is a great thing. That that was a great thing for a lot of people who didn't who couldn't afford to have insurance and been working jobs and just kept working even though they were sick and stuff. so he's done some great stuff. I'm not shitting on him. That's listen, that's why I'm like, I don't even have time to get into this whole you ain't black. Not to say it's not a legitimate thing to get into, it is, but I whatever. Whoever wins, I hope Obama, I hope Biden wins. We better be clear. Once the election, the day after the election, the shit starts heavy, no matter who it is. Okay, that I don't know if they're pushing that to you to be awake for, because that's what's going to pop off to what's going to happen is either Biden going to win. Trump and his people are going to turn the fuck up. Okay, they ain't going to give it up. That's they didn't already told you that. Dang, <laughs> we'll think about it. Are you gonna give up? Ah, maybe. <laughs> That's a signal to we gonna we gonna tear this motherfucker up. We're not. We ain't going. The other way is going if Trump does win, all the people that's already out protesting gonna turn up heavy, and that's gonna already Trump and them. Already, the law and order, they ready. They are, and, and all the little, the militia groups, ready. So either way, it's going to turn up. You better hope, what probably going to happen, them votes are going to show that, I bet you somehow it's going to show that Trump won it at first. They're going to start counting all them goddamn votes, and a couple days later, it's going to show, well, shit, Biden won. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all hell gonna break loose. <laughs> oh, this is fake. Oh, this, they're cheating. They, they setting the stage. No, they're, and they're gonna be. You think they're fighting and killing each other in the streets now? Watch, watch what happened. And that's why all of this. That's what I'm saying. All of this, uh, Kamala Black or you ain't. That's that, man. That's kitty talk. Let's just let's just go and give them the list. That's what I'm saying. I'm just gonna give you the vote. Because I don't have time for that. This couple months here is games. It's going to get hot. (laughs) The double days after the election. Either way, I just hope us, when I say us, I say black people, black and brown, or people of color, you better be on code. Because they're not playing around. Whichever way it do go. That's why I said Back in 2014, shot down. Right now, shot down. Only a couple months later, you think it's going to be all we won. We ain't won shit. (laughs) Now it's just going to be, it's just like, no, it's after school time. And remember when it was after school, it was three o'clock. It's time to fight. (laughs) You didn't win shit. School is over, nigga. Now the homie... That bully's down on the corner. You ain't walking down the street without confronting that. You're going to have to put in some work. 
So it's about to be time to put in work. All of that in school. And you, well, which click are you in? I'm in this click. On, okay. After school, though, at three o'clock, click or, don't matter what click. Are, are your homies going to be standing on the, on the block ready to put in work? Or did them niggas go walk around the other way and let you go walk on by yourself? Because that motherfucker's standing right there and, they, and you gonna have, somebody going to have to fight. Click. So hopefully you clicked up for real and your whole posse is out there ready to put in some work because that's what's about that. And when that happened, ain't going to be, you know, oh, are you on Grape Street or you, uh, no, you ain't you ain't Crip cuz you didn't really nigga. we you on this block. Then you a Crip nigga, because that's busting it right there. <laughs> there ain't going to be no you ain't black and nigga, you either in this or you ain't. Cause it's time to go now. They don't care nothing about that. They was internally beating each other's ass on the street for a while there, but now it's three o'clock. They're clicked up. <laughs> They're standing right there. They've been showing you. They've been banging this whole time. They put. They had their rags out in the open the whole time. Now, which rag you gonna put on? You gonna act like you ain't got a rag on no more? They're going to beat your ass. So you might as well put the rag on and step, step up because it's about to be popping. No one on the block is immune. <laughs> Otherwise, you just, how you going to get home? You got to go over that way. So that's all. That's, that, I, I, I'm trying to, to break it down on that level. See, no, you're going to have to put in some work. There ain't no way about it. So all the little fighting and fussing. <laughs> That's why I say, go on and just give it. Here, man, just put the rag on. Was that like at the, at the end of the movie of the Wanderers? Remember that old movie? And it was at the, at the football field. And the, 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 do you remember that one, Mark? No. The Ducky Boys? Oh, yeah. That whole squad of motherfuckers oh, yeah. just came through the shadows. And it was every gang had the link of the, the Asian had dudes had got down. Yeah. The gang, and even the dad came off the field. And, <clears throat> Nigga, we are putting in work. It ain't no... Ain't nobody not going to get, they going to ride on all of us. So all the gangs got on code against the Ducky Boys. Ducky Boys didn't give a fuck about the Wands, the Asian don't gang. don't fuck with the Wands, man. Yeah, the, the Wands, <laughs> the, everyone clicked up. Go watch that movie. That's where, that's why I'm like, yeah, it's time to clean. listen. <laughs> the Ducky, them Ducky Boys, they came through the fog. They became yep. deep. <laughs> and the parents had to get down on the field and put in work because it's like, Ain't nobody going home, nigga. We all gonna have to put in some work. Anyway, I'm finished, man. Y'all got me out here tripping. I've just been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking this uh, energy drink called Bang. It's the new shit they got out on the streets. Cotton candy edition. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm that guy. So this, this thing got me turned up. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> You, you referencing the Wanderer. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't seen that movie, God, I used to love that. I used, used to come on TV all the time. It's a black and white movie. That was one of the original hood wait, movies. Wait, 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 wait. It's not a black and white. It's not a black and white? No. <laughs> Why am I thinking? Maybe I just had a black and white TV. There, I exposed that myself. Exposed. <laughs> but yeah, the Wanderers, that's it. I used to love that movie, man. It came out in like 79, I believe. Okay. Wasn't Sylvester Stallone's in that for a second, ain't he? You, so you can, no, 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 no. I see. I'm getting I'm the, it on. You're thinking um, oh, no, Lord of Flatbush. Oh, you're right. Right, right. No, the, yeah, The Wanderers is a different movie. But anyway, anyway, I'm, 
all over the place. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're about to end it anyway. Ampool, you got to get up out of here. Or maybe here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I do. All right. Well, we, we're wrapping this up anyway. Uh, Ampool, where can they find you online? Find me at Twitter and Instagram at Ampool. And I actually got something to sell. Oh, okay. Literally sell. So I'm very proud of my daughter. Not only is she a junior at Cal State Dominguez Hills, but she just recently launched her own uh, organic and handmade lip products. So wow. all the ladies that are listening and all you crusty lip fellas as well. <laughs> Hilarious. I want you to head over to Pretty, P-R-E-T-T-E Cosmetics on Instagram or go to Pretty, P-R-E-T-T-E dot BigCartel.com. Get your skincare, your lip skincare mm. game up. Hey, change your life. Change your life. Awesome. Fellas, and I know the ladies are going to appreciate this. Fellas, there's a reason why you need your, your lips just on point, moisturized and smooth. Ladies, y'all know why. Y'all See, know why. Come on now. Let's, we're keeping the family thing. You had to go there. <laughs> Jesus. But hey. we'll give you a pass on that. Salute to young young girl with yes, that business. Chanel. That's Chanel. Chanel. Salute to Chanel. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. All right. Good show, fellas. All right. We'll catch you Take next care. time. Uh, All right, man. Big Sexy and Sack, where can I find you online? Same, uh, the same regular haunts. Facebook, Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2. And Twitter, WSE Mark. And we got a, a new podcast coming from Big Sexy here very, very soon. It might come around the same time. So I'm looking out for that too, right? Yes. It's called The Sexy Space. And, uh, you know, I want to get my own thoughts out on a few things. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Yes, yes, we will. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you enjoyed that. We, went too, we didn't go too uh, rant bunctious on you. Um, but definitely check us out at podcastjuice.net. Yo, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.